This is the Crease Cast. Here's your host, Lock in the Crease. I don't mean to alarm anybody, but um, if you were to go to the NHL.com standings uh, or the stats page this morning on uh, NHL.com, and it's about it's about noon. Obviously, there's some games going on right now, so this will change by the time you hear this. But right now, Bo Horvat and Quinn Hughes are tied for third in the entire NHL in points in in playoff points right now, and. Quinn is tied for, uh, Quinn is tied for the, uh, if I've got this correct, the most, uh, the Quinn is tied for most assists with seven. Uh, he is tied with Patrick Kane and the league leader in points currently, Sebastian Ajo, um, in, 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 in assists with seven, all with seven. And then you have Bo Horvat who currently has six and six goals which is the NHL lead in goals, <laughs> the playoff lead in goals. He has more goals than Connor McDavid by one. Um, first of all, I think it needs to be said, doesn't matter if they played Chicago or not, Connor McDavid is still second in, point, in playoff points. He only played four games and he had nine. <laughs> That's ins- like, he's so good. You can't, you can't deny how amazing he is. Um, Sebastian Ajo leads with point leads in points because he's got three goals, seven assists. That's for ten points right now. Um, the Hurricanes are down, I believe, two to one in their series. Or sorry, that's not the wrong to Boston. I'm thinking of the other C team, Columbus. Um, they are they're down two to one, but you can't count. You can never just count out Sebastian Ajo. Um, but hey, Bo Horvat, all of a sudden the uh, the scoring leader. Did anybody see this coming from? At all? No? Yeah, I don't blame you. This is this is the dad strength. This is new dad strength on another level. Like I, like you can't. It, it's 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 amazing what Bo Horvat has done and what he is accomplishing as a as as, a, as the captain as a twenty five year old captain right now. Um, he's not the flashy guy on the team. He's not he's not supposed to be Elias Pettersson. He's not supposed to be Brock Besser. He's supposed to be the steady second pairing defense second pair second line forward center who's scoring who just you know puts pucks in the net plays well in his own end you know he's like he's your he's the guy lined up with the with the the toughest matchups every night uh when you're the home team he's scoring like he's the like he's a lethal elite scoring talent like i've never seen this like you know all those times this year where he went a little bit cold because there were a couple moments a few times there we went colder we went ages without scoring a goal at home, lots of things. Um, all of a sudden, he's just playing the best hockey of his life. And he's like, he is just absolutely making St. Louis Blues defenders retire because of just how good he is. Like, I'm shocked a couple of them weren't just like, didn't just get off, get after Horvat scored, didn't just get onto the bench, take off their helmet and be like, all right, I'm out guys, see ya. This is, I'm done, I'm done for, this is my career. I'm, that's it, I got, I just got embarrassed by Bo Horvat. Those, those, those like goals, like he just, he, you know, the first goal, it's another one of those unbelievable. He just went through the entire team, deked every single one of them out. And it looked like Connor McDavid had stolen his uniform and shown up on the ice all of a sudden, like, where has this been this whole time? And he, and you know, he was the difference maker in both of these games scores the overtime winner. He just has Jordan Bennington's number, like unbelievable amazing they put together such a great effort in that second game again um four to three the fine i think yeah four to three final 
it's it's it was amazing like it's it's you know that was one of the that was a that was a real St. Louis Blues game. They played they they faced they faced the Blues playing like the team that won a Stanley Cup last year. They play they there weren't a lot of mistakes. They were playing they were doing a better job at staying out of the box for the most part um, than they had been at least in the first game. There were a couple times where the Blues got away with some complete bull bullshit. Like there was the the one hit the hit right from behind a couple different hits right from behind that didn't get called and some oh, there was the one where the Canucks ended up with the extra penalty because why even though Jay Beagle just got hit in the numbers like it was some really some ref the refereeing was atrocious and the Canucks were getting the were you know they were getting they were getting shafted all game on the ref, from the refereeing and it was you know it it felt like there was you know especially when that goal that tying goal goes in with a few seconds to go close to the crossbar not enough it whether or not it's cross whether or not it was underneath the crossbar is not you know is kind of not the important part more it's that the call was no goal and on that last goal on that last goal and there was I don't know how there was enough conclusive evidence to say that it was under like if it had been a goal if it had been a goal if it had been a goal like the call on the ice had been a goal and um and they went to the video review and said and said the call stood for stood it would have been like, yeah, I don't see how you can really prove that that was under or over. It's too close to call. But there was apparently enough to change it from no goal to goal, which I think is a load because it was it was that close. It was that close. But and you know, there's part of you that thinks, okay, this is it. The the refs are going to hand this game right over to the Blues because it really did feel like that for long stretches where the Blues were getting all this extra momentum from completely like getting like the benefit of so many call so many plays. And then the, the 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 Canucks getting called on ridiculous penalties, um, it it really felt like the refs were going to swing this game over to the Blues. Like what? Obviously, you know, I wouldn't say on purpose. I'm not that guy. I'm not the tinfoil hat guy. But I'm going to say, you know, like it. You know, they definitely the refs, the refs 100% affected that outcome. That could have that should have been a regular a regulation win for the for the Canucks. But the amount of penalties and the amount of extra man advantages they were handing over to the blues whereas not calling enough on st louis they could have very easily swung that game to to st louis and for the canucks credit they played a hell of a game they played they shut they were very good defensively up until that last cup that last minute there was that you know you could argue that alex edler made the one bad play over to where he got well even then he got high sticked that's another thing he got high sticked on that play no call and you know the puck and the puck went in. That was the uh, I for, I think that was um, who scored that goal. That would have been that was Sammy Blay. Like that that goal shouldn't easily should have been a penalty on the Blues, um, but didn't call. Didn't didn't happen. It could have been very easily that game should have gone into the final minute of play, two where the Blues are two goals down instead of one again, instead of one. It it really did. It really felt like there was some, you know, this was going to be that ugh, they're going to get enough. They're going to get, they're getting no advantages here. The blues are going to win this game, even though the Canucks arguably played, played better and, and took advantage of more opportunities and did their best to win. Even though they were outshot, they played their, they played a great game. They didn't and you know, they didn't bend in overtime. They bent, but they didn't break in an overtime. Bo Horvat with that Hughes with that long stretch pass up the, up towards, up towards uh up towards Bo and he just made no mistake like it was an like uh 
after the game, I think he said, oh, I think he got used to me scoring blocker side. So I went low five hole and hey, got the winner. It's two. The Canucks are up 2-0. I don't think, did anybody see this coming? I, I didn't, you know? Well, like, I mean, the way they're playing, it did feel, again, it still feels like the Canucks are very much in control of their own destiny, which is new and exciting. But, um, you know, it's that idea of the Blues really are a team that's very good about um, coming back and really good about not getting, getting again, not getting behind the eight ball. We talked about it on the last episode. They really have, they've never, they haven't gone into an 0-2 series hole and they didn't go to in their entire cup run last year. And here they are. The Canucks are the team that got it done. The first team to get it done in over a play and over an entire playoff calendar. That's amazing. And that's, and that goes a long way to, you know, giving the Canucks a huge advantage going into the final five games of this series. If, if that, you know, it very well could be over a lot quicker than that. I don't want to say anything that's going to jinx. I don't want to jinx anything, but they're doing very well. They're playing good hockey. It's the matter of now. It's a matter of, okay, you've got this lead. You've got this cushion. You got to make the, you got to, you got to keep making them. Don't let that convince you that you can take your foot off the gas. You sh- you got to keep rolling. You got to keep rolling and you got to keep playing at that level that's gotten you both of those those wins. Um, you know, and the Blues gave them everything they had. The Blues were very good in this game. Um, aside from, you know, Jordan Bennington, aside from Jordan Bennington, the Blues were good. The Blues were a very good team. Um, you know, they're really limiting the amount of shots the Canucks get every game um, where, and getting a lot of shots on their own. Jacob Markstrom, 30, 30, Four saves, like an amazing game by him. Definitely went flew a little under the radar because of a the late goal and the fact that Bo Horvat, Quinn Hughes, that Elias Pettersson, that whole group is playing some of their best hockey. Like it went, it flew under the radar, and that's you know that in itself goes a long way. That fact of you're getting great, you're getting great, um, you're getting great nights from players who and from players and it's not even like the biggest story because of how well everybody is fired every everything seems to be firing on all cylinders right now even when some of the luck goes the poorly in the Canuck against the Canucks like that Tyler Myers hit from uh that that where Tyler Myers got just hit in the numbers close to the boards hurt his shoulder he's out for this game that was and was having a good game um like a lot of teams I think under that when that happens it kind of hurts them they kind of think okay oof, this is really not our night sort of thing but they didn't they they kept at it and they kept playing and really good hockey there was the the late save by Elias by Elias Patterson where Markstrom had to dive back to get across and Patterson did the exact same thing and stops this late overtime shot that this overtime shot that could have been easily could have been the winner uh, for St. Louis, and we'd be going into Game Three in a very different series, um, and it ended up being the difference maker as the puck gets turned around the other way for Hughes to bow. And this is the sort of those are the sort of moments and the sort of plays that championship teams get, and the sort of make your own make your own destiny moments that really, really, really. Um, that those are the ones they talk about on the championship DVD every year. Those are those moments. Um, and that was a big one for the Canucks, that big game two victory. The Blues threw everything in the kitchen sink at the Canucks, and they did, and they won. They still won. They had a 3-1 lead going into the final, what, eight minutes of the game? Like, or 10 minutes of the game? Long time. Like, you know, like the last half of the period. They had a 3-1 lead up until then. It's, 
you know, they were playing their best hockey and they were playing like a team that deserves more than just a, than one round of one round of playoff hockey. And it's the matter of now the Canucks need to understand, you know, the, it's, it, it, it's always, there's always that mental trap, you know, when you're up 2-0, I think sometimes teams get caught in that trap of, ah, oh, we're doing fine. We don't, we're, we're doing our best. There's, they can't do anything to stop us. And that's where the, the speed bumps, that's where the speed bumps hit. Um, the Canucks need to make sure that they get still in that mindset that every game is a new series, that every game is a tie, that every, every game is a tied series. Frankly, that's what they should be playing. Like it doesn't matter because you know, you've with this playoffs have already been weird, like extremely weird to the highest level. You can't sleep on any team. You cannot get caught napping at any point. Um, if you do, you're going to get, you're going to get ran over. So the Canucks need to go into this game and approach game three and four this, this uh, over today and tomorrow. Um, the, the same way they did game one and the same way they did game two, where nothing's guaranteed. And they, and in the playoffs, you have to fight for every last inch and every last win. Cause you're not, cause the, and those, those last, those last, obviously every win is harder to get. You've got to make them count now, even if the blues look like a team that wants to go home and doesn't want to be here because they're the defending cup champs. Why do they want to be in the bubble? Um, why do they want to be in a bubble in Edmonton right now? Like that's the, that's the mentality the Canucks need to take of, we can't let them back in. We can't, we're not, we're not going to give them an inch. We gotta, we gotta win every game. We gotta win every game. Give our, give our guys some extra rest, especially, um, you know, Jacob Markstrom. Cause this is potentially a case where you're going to see Markstrom play back to back again. And the last one didn't go well. The last back-to-back did not go well. That was the game where the Canucks, that was game four against Minnesota, where Markstrom had a couple of very soft goals and the Canucks forwards bailed, and the Canucks as a team skating group bailed him out in front of him for the first time all season. Um, you don't want to make him do that again. I would say if I'm the Canucks, you got to win in game three at the very least. So you could potentially go into game four and say, we're going to give Thatcher Demko the start, even if that means potential, because I, I think it's important. I think it's important that you say, well, you know, our goalie needs a bit of a rest. Um, and Demko in his own right can win a game, can win games. And he could be, I think, and I think, I believe he won two games against the Blues this year. If I'm, unless I'm mistaken, I believe he won two games against the St. Louis Blues this season. Um, so I don't see why you couldn't, if you go into, if you're, if you're up 3-0, if you go into tonight, win it again, and you're up 3-0. Now you can easily go and say, all right, Markstrom needs a night off. We don't, there's no good reason for us to play him in this back-to-back when we have an easily capable, a, very, a more than capable 1B goalie and Thatcher Demko to come in and win, the, and win the final game here for us. If I'm the Canucks, that's the way you need to approach this as let's give, if we can win this tonight, we can give our goalie, a, we can give our starting goalie a rest, an extra rest and let Demko come in and play a nice game, hopefully win again. And when again, and then everybody gets a bit of a, of a, of a time, some time, some extra time off to recoup before Vegas or Colorado or somebody else, depending on how some of these series go. I mean, uh, Arizona, I did, I believe Arizona won, Arizona won yesterday. So that's huge. Uh, that could go a long way. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many, these series have all been so interesting and weird and not like any, I don't think any, anything anyone expected. Right. Um, and we'll go into some of them later. The only series that has really like, that has really been par for the course so far has been, uh, has been Dallas Calgary, which is on right now. 
believe it's a 3-3 game in the second period. That's the only series that's been so back and forth, and it's like, well, this is kind of what we saw coming, right? Every other series is just going in a weird direction. Um, what else is there to talk about here? Let's see. Um, you know, the, the JT Miller goal. The Canucks could have been up 4-1. Uh, could have been up four one going into that uh, going into that game, um, and uh, JT Miller's goal got called back. Uh, obviously, he was offside based on the rules today. What sucks is that next year the rules in the in the playoffs will be different, or in the sorry, I should just say in the regular season will be different because it'll be even if your skate is off the ice, which Miller's was, but it's still over the blue line. You're technically still onside, which I like. Um, I really, which I really, really like, um, it's too bad that it doesn't work. It, it, it really does. It really, it really is peak Canucks that that call would change next year. And so they didn't get it this time. And it almost ended up being a difference maker in that game. Um, it's, it's peak Canucks, Mwah, peak Canucks. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, and Tyler Myers, like I said before, Tyler Myers played a good game. Um, and it sucks that he got hurt and he won't be in tonight and he won't be in, in game three tonight, uh, which is really too bad because again, he was, he was having a bit of a redemption game, which was nice. And then he gets hurt on a really stupid hit that resulted in zero penalties or anything. It's, it's a disappointment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's annoying. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some better refereeing tonight. Um, we might also get a different goaltender for the blues tonight. Um, there is possibility because it's a back-to-back and Jordan Bennington has been atrocious that you might get Jake Allen in net. Um, Jake Allen is a goaltender that is streaky and that, and something the Canucks need to watch out for Jake Allen. Want I will, I think this was the year before either. This would have been two, I guess two years before the blues won the cup. Uh, Jake Allen stole an entire series against the Minnesota Wild just because he was lights out amazing and went on this random lethal run of just game stealing play um, and no, that nobody saw coming from a mile away. He's capable of that. He very much is capable of winning, of stealing a couple hockey games. I mean, hell, even in the game three in the round robin, which was against uh, Dallas, I think he kept it. He kept it one nothing until the last minute of play when Dallas finally tied the game. He's a good goaltender. He's not a, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's no slouch. He's not, he just, what ends up happening with Allen is sometimes he just goes into these valleys where it's like, like he really go when he go when he's hot, he's on fire. When he's cold, he is ice cold. You don't know what you're going to get in this Jake Allen tonight. You're coming into it, but you're not coming against a guy who hasn't played in a while. He has played relatively recently. So, you know, you can't even be like, well, this guy's cold. Let's fire everything at him. No, he's got, he's played, he played against Dallas. He's, not completely he's he has he he is um he's had time he's had ice time so if i'm if i'm the canucks you know you you still need to be careful and you can't treat him and you need to treat him the same way you would have treated jordan bennington going into the series which is that okay this is a guy capable of stealing a win or two we can't let him get comfortable we got to make him as uncomfortable as possible make make him bobble those pucks make him dish out a lot of rebounds that is the that's what's going to win you the day against a goaltender that against both of these goaltenders, which come in as streaky netminders. So frankly, I mean, I would be shocked if the blues went back to Bennington, even though he won them the cup, he was part of the, the reason they won the cup last year. Um, just because, I mean, this is their season right here. Game three is their season. If they go down three Oh, they're cooked. They're done. They're pretty much done. Um, so I, if I'm St. Louis, you've got a, you, there's a good chance they're going to start Jake Allen tonight. 
but either way, keep doing the, keep putting together the, the opportunities you have before. Don't let them get comfortable, um, especially at five on five. When you get those shots through, make sure they're, make sure they're in weird, make, make them fight the puck as much as possible. And you can do that with your shot, just putting them in different spots. Don't throw it right into the chest, throw it weird, throw it weird at the blocker or throw it, throw it kind of like high. There's like spots near the, near the legs, near the legs where when they drop, they have to like work for, they still have to work for it and it'll tip off the side of their pad and they, and it bobbles a little bit. That's and can't make them kick out those rebounds. That's what it's going to take um, against these goaltenders, especially right now, because they're not, neither of neither Bennington's not playing with any confidence whatsoever. It's gone. Whatever confidence he had is just gone. And Jake Allen is a guy who doesn't start often. So he's going to be coming in a little bit. He's not coming in with the same amount of, um, with the same amount of ice time at the very least, even if he has only played one game, he's not coming in with a full, he's not coming in with the full pedigree of a great season. So it's going to be on him. It's going to be on the Canucks to take advantage and make him get and make him as uncomfortable with the shots they're taking as possible and force him to really work for that puck and work to get rebounds and make the defense have to push to get pucks out of their zone because the, that's where the Canucks thrive. They thrive on making you on making you scram a scrambly mess. That's what it's going to take. And I think the Canucks are capable and I think they're going to I think they're going to get it done. I'm feeling confident. I'm still feeling very confident with this group. We'll uh we'll see where that confidence takes takes us into this next game. Now, there were a few other things before we wrap this up before games three and four. Uh, there was a few other injuries and other like news in the league that uh, I wanted to go over before we get out of here. Um, namely, yesterday, oh, the injury to Andre Svechnikov against uh, the Boston Bruins. Um, he, uh, there was a tank, he got tangled up with Sedano Char in front of the net and fell awkwardly on his leg. And that's a huge loss for Carolina. And it looked really bad. I imagine we won't be seeing him for a while hopefully it's a case of it looked worse than it was um but it looked bad um a lot of people also just being idiots online in relation to a lot of things that have been going on at the nhl lately um oh my god where like where to even begin like okay well let's start with svechnikov because we're already talking about it and you know carolina's down two to one in their series i still think they're gonna pull this one out I don't know why they started Peter Morazic again after going to James Reimer for game two and Reimer did so well and won that game. I don't understand why they went back to Morazic, even though he was in himself pretty good. He was good in that game as well. Um, I think it's, it's a, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm interested to know what the reason, the reasoning was behind that. But um, in regards to Svechnikov, there was a tweet from uh, Jack Edwards, who you might know as the worst the worst broadcaster in the league. Um, I'm, I have no problem saying that. He's not like, it's an, he's the worst. He truly is the worst. Uh, he works for NESN in Boston, who I don't know if they're doing recording games right now. They must be because it's the first round officially. They must be still doing local games um, and covering local games. But of course, we've been getting the national feed in Canada. Thank God, because I can't stand listening to him for more than two minutes at a time. Um, and he tweeted yesterday regarding the Svechnikov injury. Remember, before I go in, before I re read this, this is a tweet by after a guy got hurt in a play in front of the net. Okay, this is got hurt and really, really badly hurt. Okay, um, this is a tweet. This is a tweet. This is an actual tweet that uh, the Bruins play-by-play -play guy sent out. 
What NBC hasn't shown yet regarding the unfortunate injury to Spechnikov, the Carolina wing playing hobby horse riding on Chara on the back apron of the goal. You poke the bear, you take your chances. No one wanted to see Spechnikov hurt, but he bit off more than he could chew. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, what do you, like, okay, so he deserved to get hurt. That's what you're saying, basically. Like, yeah, but like, yeah, you're like, oh, I, but I, I know it's bad that he got hurt, but like, no, he got hurt on a bad play on a, on what I think personally was a freak accident. I don't think Chara meant to hurt him. So he's wrong on that part too. I don't think, I do not think Chara meant it was trying to injure him in any way. I think a couple, I think I've seen some people who do, but that's a really, the way it looks, I don't, I don't know how he could have pulled that off knowing that it was going to be ending and ending a, it was a dirty play. Like it's not a great move. I think they got tangled up. I think it's an accident. I think it's, I think that one in particular was an accident. Um, I don't, I see why people would think otherwise. So I'm not going to say they're wrong, but I think personally that it looked accidental to me, but I mean, he's saying here that, Oh, Char totally meant to injure him. It's like, I don't, I don't, maybe he meant to knock him over, but I don't think he meant to, I like, that's basically what he's implying here is that, oh, Svechnikov was making him mad. So he tried, so he went and took him out. It's like, n- first of all, no, I don't think that's the case. Second of all, like, that doesn't matter. Fuck you. Like, that's, that's not, no in, intent to hurt is injure is not okay in any reason. You shouldn't be like, oh, it's his fault for goading Chara. No, no, that's not how hockey works. How about, how about you just don't injure people? Like, is that so much to ask? Is that too much to ask to not try and purposely injure players? I don't think it's asking too much. Apparently to him, it's too much. Um, like he's blaming Svechnikov for basically getting his own leg injured. Like, no, like you're really going to make that claim right after the guys get leaving the ice. Like, what's the point of that? Why? Who are you? Who are you helping? Who are you helping make look better here? No one, no one at all. Like y- there's no reason to make that claim. And it's abs- like, well, whether or not it's like, yeah, maybe it happened, but that doesn't mean he should have been hurt over it. Like, how about that? Like, that's not a, it's not a hard stance to take here. And it's, you know, Jack Edwards just being Jack Edwards and making stupid, making up stupid shit. Like he always does. Like I could, the list of thing of dumb things he said over the last, over the last like entirety of his career, like, good Lord, I, you could fill a book. It's, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the end of the day, he's, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter. He's just not good at his, he's not good at his job. He's, you know, he makes these ridiculous claims. It's the worst. It's honestly the worst. I can't believe he still has a job from all the stupid stuff he says. Same thing with Mike Milbury and uh, in regards to a Bruins player, Tuka Rask, um, basically talking about how it's, uh, you know, how he let down his teammates, something like that. Something about like letting down your teammates and, uh, you know, they're going to remember this sort of thing that you gave up on them. Cause you know, so for anyone who doesn't know Tuka Rask, basically, you know, there was earlier in the series uh, against Carolina, he'd said, you know, it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. I'm not feeling the intensity, which understandable. You're playing in an empty rink. You're a team that's won a bunch of games. It's hard to get, to get up for those games sometimes, you know? Um, but, and then he left, and then, uh, you know, I believe he has either his wife is pregnant or just had a newborn very recently. Um, and you know, he wasn't up to the challenge of playing while that's going on. And he realized that over time and he left, he left the, uh, he left the, the bubble. He's gone home. He's done for the playoffs. He opted out and you know, like you can't fault him for that. Like it's, this is a, this is a weird time in history. 
hockey is not the top priority and it shouldn't be even it we're having i'm having lots of fun talking about it and and it's it's a great it's great and i'm enjoying having hockey during these during these weird ass times um but you know the entire literally for me the entire canucks team got a got came out today and said you know what we don't want to be here anymore because we're scared of corona and everything we're gonna go home i would be like okay have a good summer guys like see you next year like i wouldn't care because that's what's most important we if you want to be with your families and you want and you're and you're scared about health and everything else like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like it's, that's what is most important. I am going to look up the Mike Milbury uh, tweet. I don't want to get it wrong here. Uh, Mike Milbury, Rask, let's look it up. It was, nobody's simply opted to leave the bubble just because they didn't want to be here and they need to, to be with their family. I wouldn't not, I would not have done it. The rest of the league's players would not have done it. It's like, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, some players probably would, you know? It's it's not on us to decide what's okay what's okay in this sort of situation because frankly, if you want to go home, yeah, it's good for you to go home and nobody should fault that. Lots of Bruins people being like, "Oh, he's the worst and hating him." It's amazing how Tukarask has been the be- one of probably the best goaltender in Boston Bruins history and done so much for that team and that team gives him zero respect like their fan base gives him no respect and it's su- and it sucks he deserves to be on a team that actually on a on a fa- with a fa- playing for a fan base that actually understands what sort of what sort how much he's given that team over the years like yeah maybe the only time they won the cup was with Tim Thomas in net and but he's taken them to two more final and it hasn't been he is not the reason they lost at either of those so, you know, like the, so many Bruins people being like, I oh, let, he let us down. He's the worst goaltender. He's a waste of money. It's like, you know what? Screw you. You know, if you're, if, if he, he earned that, he earned everything he's gotten in his life. And if he wants to go home during a goddamn pandemic to be with his family and his newborn child, then yeah, maybe you should let him go. And maybe you should shut up about it. Okay. Like that's at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about family and it's about what's most important. Hockey is not what's most important at the end of the day. Um, other people, <laughs> Brandon Prest, referring it to war and how you go into the trenches with your teammates. No, it's not. It's a goddamn game. Get over it. I love hockey. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's basically my life. But it's a game at the end of the day. We love it because it's a game and it's an escape from reality and from, you know, actual war and hardship in the world. It's our escape for that. So stop comparing it to that. It's not war. It's a, it's a fucking game. Get over yourself at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I I really try not to swear. Like I I try not to drop the big swears on the show or at least on Twitter and stuff because you know I want it to mean something when I say it. (laughs) I don't want to be that person that just swears about everything and then the word just loses all meaning. So I really try to save it for these moments when I really really need to just throw it out there. (laughs) So every series in this uh, playoffs have gone completely crazy and I think more or less differently than what I think any of us expected. There's a few that have. The big one that's really like staying the way I think everyone expected it to is Calgary-Dallas where the goaltending has just been the story, right? I mean, uh, as I'm recording this right now, Dallas is currently, uh, has just tied the game against Calgary and sent game four to overtime, but they've peppered Cam Talbot with 50 shots on net, which is insanity. And it's tied 4-4. Like he's playing out of his mind. Cam Talbot, it's amazing what you can what a goaltender can do when he's not tired all the time. He's kind of turned back into 2016-17 Cam Talbot when he was with the Oilers um, and just stealing games left and right. Um, I always wonder what would have happened if they hadn't played him 70 plus games that season and had 
brought him back into next season and expected him to like repeat that. He was burnt out by that point. Goalies want to play obviously 82 games a season, but we shouldn't. It's too much. It's too much on the body. And then the next season come back, you're already gassed from playing that much hockey the previous year. It's better off playing a much more healthy amount. And with Cam Talbot right now, Calgary is reaping the benefits of having played him not like an overly playing him during the regular season because they had David Riddick as well. Um, they're reaping the benefits and they could go a good distance here. Cam Cam's playing very good hockey. And I think you're, this is what the, this is the kind of goaltending uh, you're going to get from him when you play him a healthy amount and don't play him too, too much of the time. Um, on the flip side of Dallas, Anton Kadobin has done, I think decently um, considering that he's had to come back in for Ben Bishop after Bishop got hurt in his one game in the series in game two, which they won. Um, Kadobin's done as best he can. I think there's only so much you can do when you're a backup goaltender. I mean, he's very good in a pinch, uh, but he's not used to playing this much hockey back, back to back, you know? And I think that can, you know, he's doing the best he can. And I think he's helping them win and they, Hey, he's not doing too badly. I think, I think the stars could be in a lot worse situation right now um, with anyone else. I think Kadobin has done as best he can under given the circumstances. And I think this is going to come down to, can they, surround him with great defense and not and keep the flames from score from getting too many more scoring opportunities, which they seem to be doing uh, more or less right now, um, at least in this game. And they come back and they storm back to win the, to tie this game. I should say, we don't know where it's going to end. It could end uh, before I finish recording here, uh, although they're in intermission. So maybe not. Um, one other team I wanted to touch on before we go is Montreal, Philadelphia, because the Canadians won game two which is surprising enough. But then, but not only that, they won 5 nothing. They shut out the Flyers. Um, I don't know what to say about this Canadian team. Again, they're in, they're, much, they're in a similar scenario to the Canucks and a few other teams here where they've really done more than expected and anything after this is just extra and just whipped cream on top of a great ice cream sundae, you know? They're, they're, they didn't need, they could, again, they could get swept here and nobody would care. But they went out and played one of the most dominating performances of the season uh, and beat the best team in hockey right now. I'm like, it's shocking. It's amazing. Can't, Carey Price has been amazing. Um, every, the, everything seems to be clicking for them, including, you know, as, despite the fact that uh, Claude Julien went to the hospital um, for uh, chest pains um, prior to game two and won't be back for the rest of the series. Uh, Kirk Muller is taking over now. Um, it's apparently not COVID related, thank God, but you know, you hope for the best and you hope obviously he's back and healthy soon. Uh, Cause that's very scary. Um, you know, but Montreal, give it credit to Montreal. They are doing so well. And um, you know, I, I, I don't, I still don't think they're going to win the series, but Hey, if this is your only win or Hey, maybe this spurs you to do better things. Who knows? Like, Hey, I, I, all I know is I'm not going to bet against Montreal anymore because they could shock some people. They're really they're they're in a position where they're they might come out of this having shocked a bunch of people uh, in these playoffs. And last thing I want to talk about before we go is the draft is the draft lottery, the second draft lottery because I forgot to talk about it on the last episode. Um, obviously, the eight teams involved um, that were eliminated from the postseason. Uh, have all stepped up. They all they all uh, went into the lottery. One ball, picking it on live TV. I personally would have liked to have seen the other version where instead of picking out the one that wins, they pick out every lottery ball until one's left standing and that's the winner. And that's the winner for Alexi Lafreniere. 
In the end, it went to the New York Rangers. He will, uh, Alexi Lafreniere will likely be drafted by the Rangers unless they trade it. I don't think they will. Um, and that's good. I know a lot, I saw a lot of people retroactively complaining about, oh, they played the playoffs. They, they, they shouldn't even get a shot at him. It's like, well, actually, if the season had continued as normal, the Rangers would have missed the playoffs and been in that lottery anyway. So I would say that's a great – it's a great – it's 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 about the best outcome you could have expected out of this. There were a few teams, um, you know, like Florida, I think, could have just maybe needed him a little bit more. Obviously, the two teams that are still in the playoffs, Chicago and Montreal, really could have needed him, but they kept going. Um, at the end of the day, the biggest cons- – I would have complained – I would have been upset if Montreal – or sorry, if Edmonton, Toronto, or Pittsburgh had won because I would, I would have been pissed about that. But New York is a team that's clearly got swept right out of the qualifying round. They clearly need help. They're clearly not a team. They're not ready yet. They're clearly, they still need more time. So, and more pieces. And Lafreniere is just another piece for them that they really need. I don't see any problem with them getting him. I think that's, again, the best scenario, one of the best scenarios you could have hoped for aside from maybe Florida, like Florida getting him out of the teams that were left to, uh, battle for him. Florida would have been the other team that I would have liked to have seen maybe get get Lafreniere. The Rangers, I would have said number two, and not just because they're in the completely different conference than the Canucks. That does help me. That does help. But uh, you know, I think they deserved him, and they're a team that actually needed needs Lafreniere. So I don't want to hear anybody retroactively complaining that they uh, that this system makes no sense. You you should have complained about it a while ago. Okay. Yeah, it sucks for Detroit that they don't get a shot, and I'm I'm sure they're pissed. But at least it went to a team that would have been in the draft lottery anyway. That's the main, I think my main takeaway, the main takeaway here is that's the good news. Out of all this, a lottery team and a team that actually needs more play and needs a lot for got him. That's the important thing at the end of the day. And you know what? That is it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening um, if you, or watching. If you enjoyed the show, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash lock in the crease. For three bucks a month, you get bonus episodes. Uh, you get bonus, one bonus episode every week during the playoffs about lots of things. It could be hockey, could be TV, other things. Who knows? Um, changes week to week, obviously. Um, and uh, if you also, and you can also check out my work at lockinthecrease.com. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast either on YouTube or anywhere or uh, whatever podcast uh, app you're listening to. Um, and yeah, I will see you back here on Tuesday after game four. Will this series be over by then? Who knows? Will I be playing the uh will I be playing a certain song by a certain Laura Branigan uh on Tuesday? Maybe. You'll just have to you'll just have we'll just have to wait and find out. Hopefully uh the Canucks keep going. They're they're playing like a team of destiny. Let's see if they can make that destiny last another two another two or three weeks, shall we? Thank you. And good night.